one. Boom, there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Insurance Bro Show. We got an awesome guest lined up for y'all. Today, we're going to talk about sales. The Insurance Bro Show is a podcast for agents who want to grow their agency and be titans of the insurance industry. Learn from a panel of experts who share their agency struggles, their experiences with the nation's best carriers, and share the marketing secrets that successful insurance agents are using today. Now, here's your host, the Insurance Bro, James Sias. <laughs> all right, all of you insurance pros out there, we're going to dive into another fun episode. But before we do, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review. Help us uh, <laughs> drop a review, help other like-minded insurance agents find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in the podcast rankings. I will sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, would love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.insurancebroshow.com slash guest, schedule your time slot, and don't forget to follow me on all my social media at Insurance Bro Show. Ladies and gentlemen, we're so excited and so honored to bring another incredible guest to the Insurance Bro Show. Our guest today has spent the last decade and a half honing his skills as a sales assassin, and he is passionate now about helping and leading others to sales success. Drawing on his deep expertise in marketing and sales, our guest partners closely with his clients to drive excellence across their businesses. He has the capability, the experience to drive growth by transforming and improving existing sales processes analyzing metrics to facilitate effective strategies and systems, my favorite, and optimizing talent to improve sales force effectiveness. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to run an agency that is geared for growth in 2021, you will not want to miss today's episode. Joining us today out of the great state of, te state of Texas, the host of the Grind, Sell, Elevate podcast, welcome to the show, Tizer Evans! <laughs> What's up, James? Sir, what is up, my man? Welcome to the show. Oh, man, I love that, dude. Uh, I was wearing my shirt yesterday and said, uh, I'm your Huckleberry. Oh, we got that clip right here for you. Right here for you. <laughs> here it goes. All right, I'll do. I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> there we go. You know, it's one of those things when you got too many people. I'm, I'm like, I'm waiting for him to hit it. And then he doesn't hit it, so I'm like, okay, fine, I'll click it. And then he clicks it at the same time, and it just, you know, anyway. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Tizer. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, as we were getting started here, as we were jumping into the show, uh, you mentioned you've been in insurance for a long time. You've been in the sales game for a long time. Tell me a little bit about your background, uh, where you come from, and how you've gotten to this point. Yeah, cool, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. You guys are a great host. Um, love the show. So I'm a, I'm a California native. Uh, so I grew up in Northern, Northern California, Sonoma County. Decided to take a little detour to college down in San Diego. Got down with uh, school down in San Diego. And I worked for Enterprise Rent-A-Car my first couple years out of uh, college. And then I jumped into insurance game uh, two years after college. I was 25. I was a super senior, a couple, a little extra. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, man. So then I, I started working um, in personal lines in, in Oceanside, California. Mm -hmm. 
and did that, uh, was an agent for two years and then jumped into sales management and ran some of the largest uh, sales team um, in the country for the carrier I was working at in the field and the call center. So I, I had a dual experience of running a call center, but also, uh, you know, drumming up business from the field. And then in 2017, I made a jump and went on to uh, the carrier side in a different capacity, um, working with insurance brokers. So now I, I work with insurance brokers and agencies um, on the carrier side and help them get uh, small businesses, uh, uh, medical, major medical insurance in place. Oh, you're working in the group health space now. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Very cool. So tell me a little bit about that transition. You start with personal lines, you jump over to the carrier side and it was still PNC the first time around. No, I went right from doing personal lines to group health to group health. Okay. Yeah. What was that transition like and what made you make that specific change? Well, there was a lot of reasons for the change. Uh, one, I said we were in uh, Orange County, me and my wife and our, and our two small boys. And she's from Orlando and want to get back to the East Coast. Uh, are you guys from California? You guys are in California. Yeah, we're in San Diego. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, state taxes suck there. Um, you know, love it. Love the state, yeah. man. But state taxes suck. And so <laughs> my, my wife was like, hey, the home prices, the taxes, you know, with how much money we're making, you know, we're paying uh, more than our fair share. And so she wanted to get back to the East Coast. And so I was looking for different opportunities, found the right opportunity. And uh, so we ended up in Atlanta. In, in Atlanta. Okay. Mm -hmm. I uh, I apologize. I, I was reading your bio uh, on LinkedIn. I said Texas. Oh, I'm so in you're Texas in now. You're in Texas now? Yeah. Okay. 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 Cool. Yeah. Woo. All right. Yeah. All right. So everything's up to date. Good. Yeah. Good. Good job keeping that internet profile up to date. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so I've made a couple of moves the last couple of years. Um, but to, to answer your question, you know, the transition was interesting uh, because I went from being B to C, right? And and so mm -hmm. um, it was very easy. I had a very high closing ratio as an agent. Uh, I think statistically for our company, the closing ratio was around 34, 35%. And mine as, a, as an agent was 62 and nice. so I was really good at taking control of the conversations and closing people on the spot and, you know, tenacious with my follow-up. So going to group was different because now I'm networking and building relationships with brokers who then are mm -hmm. ultimately selling my product to the customer. So I was a bit removed and didn't have as much control. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it was a, it was a, the first six months were, was interesting trying to figure out how I could help influence, you know, to uh, the, kicker, the sale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. So that, w that was a really interesting transition. Um, yeah, I, I did it successfully. Uh, I was rookie of the year, um, my, my first year transitioning and I was top 10 in the country as a rookie. So oh, I, yeah. I did, I did, I did, so I, I made the transition. Okay. <laughs> you did it right. You know, well, yeah. it sounds like, uh, one of the things that you are skilled at is motivating people. I mean, for, for one, uh, you're motivating people to buy your product as the salesperson, but then you know, what you just said was you're, you're hurting, you're basically hurting cats, right? You are getting these, <laughs> these brokers out here and trust me, I'm one of them. I'm one of those cats, but to be able to get them to follow your lead and to sell your products is a very specific skill. So how exactly is it that you do that? Well, I mean, it just comes down to the old report building, man. I mean, you know, uh, I was, when I worked at Enterprise, one of my managers there, he's still a really good friend and he was a good mentor. He said, you know, there's 7 billion people in the world and you have something in common with every single person. Your ability to sell that person is how fast you can find that common interest. Mm 
Oh, that's a good one. Your ability to sell that person is how fast you can find that common interest. Yeah. So is it is it kind of like an interview? Do you do you talk to them for a little while, kind of get to know them, see if you guys like the same football team, see if you guys are into the same movies or whatever, and then you just kind of like boom, roll with that and and continue to build that actual relationship? Yeah. So if I were calling you, James, you know, one of the first things I'd want to, I'd want to qualify you before I start, you know, uh, you know, trying to court you. Right. So, uh, so I I was, you know, I get right to the point, you know, Hey James, this is Ty calling with X, Y, Z. You know, I was calling to find out if you are still in this space. Right. So I kind of leave it up like assuming that you are in the space. Um, and then once I find out that you're doing that, great. And then I kind of get in, that's the reason exactly why I was calling today was to talk to you about, you know, uh, small group health. I would love to find out a bit more about you and your agency. I, I've seen that you've been around and you've been doing this since 2010, but I would love to hear about how you got your start in the industry and learn more about you. And so that's usually how I open my calls and make it all about the broker. And cause I am curious, I want to know how they got their start. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, being a broker is an extremely tough job uh, yeah. to, to build a book of business. So I have a lot of respect for it. And then, you know, once you get them rolling, talking about themselves, it's just, you know, it's that 80, 20 or 70, 30 active listening, right? 70%, 80% of the time. And then just continuing to ask great questions if they, yeah, you know, I, I moved, yeah, like I remember this conversation with this guy, Mark Hager and uh, same things, took the same approach, started talking to Mark and he goes, yeah, I moved out here 35 years ago from Santa Monica. Boom. There's my connection, right? I'm a California guy. He's a California guy. So, so we hit it off and then, you know, so I just kind of look for those uh, different types of things or, you know, if, they, if they're a big football fan and I talk to them about football, you know, that's the, the man sure. language, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Easy. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. So these days you are, in addition to working with the carriers, you've got something else going on. Uh, you coach people in sales. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, so I do a little bit of uh, side consulting, uh, doing one-on-one coaching with people, and then also help some small businesses, um, just help them with the, getting their sales processes and strategies in place. You know, a lot of people are just confused of where to start, how to make a proper intro call, how to set up sales sequencing, how to you know properly use LinkedIn. Um, so just getting people some some type of direction. Heck yeah! I don't think it means what you think it means. because you're killing it (laughs) i'm all about that it's you know one of my struggles currently really is that uh that sales automation uh those follow-up sequences that kind of stuff can you tell me a little bit about like the processes that you use like for example how many times do you in an automated way reach out to to a customer. Like if I'm, if I'm an agent and I'm setting up my automations, right. I I get a new customer that comes in. How many days after that customer buys a policy from me, should my first automated email come out to them? And how many follow-up emails should I have for cross sales, for reviews, for whatever different things? Can you tell me a little bit about those processes and how people can set that up? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, if you're looking at like personal lines um, and if you if someone called in because uh, they got a lead or they got a quick quote, you know, an internet lead and you're able to close them on the first sale, but you didn't close the home or you didn't get the renter's insurance policy, then it's just, you know, one of the questions I always cross sold on was you know, obviously you got their address, right? Mm-hmm. So great. You see, that's not an apartment number, so you can't assume that they own the house, but you can ask, do you rent or do you buy? 
or do you rent or do you own? And so that was always a great question. Oh, I rent the house. Oh, great. You know, do you have your personal property covered? No, I don't. So then I know I kind of go away from that, focus on what I'm focused on. But now I know that they're a renter. They don't have renters in coverage, but they know that they need it because they need their personal property covered in there. Or yes, I own my home. Great. Well, who do you currently have your home insurance with? So I obviously want to close them on the spot, but oh, my rule is not up till uh, you know November 1st. Great. Well, then I'm going to put a reminder on my calendar for 30 days before or 45 days before so I can get in touch with them. But then I'd also put a reminder on my calendar to send just a, hey, thinking about you, want to follow up on the policy uh, before then, right? So it's always that 90 day after the policy has been installed to call to follow up to make sure that the policy is running smoothly. There's no issues, mm -hmm. that they're happy with the product. So that's something I would do on the personal line side. I always made sure I kept track of birthdays, send everybody a birthday card. Mm -hmm. um, when the policy was sold, I sent them a thank you letter with five business cards asking for referrals. Um, that way they can hand out my business cards. On the broker side, it's a little bit different because you're really nurturing those the, the brokers, right? You can, right. There's, nothing to, there's nothing to close on the first call. So it's a different tactical approach. So the way that I have my guys and what I did as a rep is I build out a sales sequence for a full quarter. And I okay. usually build out three. And it's kind of like A-B split testing for email marketing. Mm -hmm. So build out several sales sequences. And I usually don't like out of 12 weeks, I like to have a minimum of eight touches. And then, so as I built the sales sequence, you know, obviously a bit more aggressive and then you kind of trail off because you don't want to, you don't want to be stalking somebody. Yeah. You don't want to spam that. them. Yeah. 60% of the time it works every time. Every yeah. time. <laughs> every time. You know, uh, but we try to hit them with different touch points when you're building out a sales sequence. So, you know, the first sequence may be uh, intro call and email, intro email. And then maybe you you give it a seven days and you're going to call again a call and an email, but it's more of a value proposition. Maybe there's something, an uh, industry-related white paper that you can send them or a, a great podcast like this. You can send them, hey, I was thinking of you. I know we haven't been able to connect but I wanted to send this to you because I thought that based on what I can see from what you do in your niche, you might find a lot of value uh, from this podcast, right? Maybe give it two weeks. Then you hit them with a call and a LinkedIn request and an in-mail. I think it's the last statistic I wrote that uh, the open rate of an email to a new prospect is 12%. Um, this is just targeted on this niche. But a, an open rate on an in-mail is 48%. So you're a lot more likely to get a broker or a president of a company or principal to read your in-mail versus your email. So then we kind of just, you know, set out those type of strategies over the next quarter, have multiple. So that way I can hit San Antonio with this one sales sequence and hit Austin with this one sales sequence. And if I'm getting a bunch of snapbacks on week three in San Antonio, then I can start to perfect what type of sequence um, is most effective by understanding what people are responding to and, and kind of go from there. It doesn't sound to me like that's a um it, it sounds to me more like that's a personal approach like it doesn't sound to me like it's a very general like i'm just gonna throw this out there to everybody do you find that you are uh customizing each of these sequences or is this really something that that you can scale and send to multiple people uh and in multiple industries and just like this is my template and it's going out and all I got to do is fill in the name. Yeah. So that's exactly what you're doing. So you definitely can scale it. It's once you've built out the sequence, it can be used for any vertical, right? Because you could use a white paper, a podcast, um, a blog post, 
for any vertical, you just gotta got find it. find those niches and then be able to send it out. And then just trying to analyze which one's working the best for sure. Do you update those uh, those emails, those white papers? Uh, mm -hmm. You come up with something new and it's just like, okay, boom, this is what I'm sending out to everybody. Um, just constantly coming up with new ideas. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, I'm always like my wife always jokes. I'm always the idea guy. Like I've always got a million Love things running in my mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and that's why I like, you know, that's why I like doing the podcast and doing the sales consulting. You know, I, I work my ass off during the day for the company I work for. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for me, it's that I have to stay busy. So I'm constantly reading how can I better myself? You know, I've got a very structured morning routine. I'm big into personal Love development. Um, you know, so yeah, 100%. Like there's uh, insurance journals, you know, uh, benefit news, those types of things. I'm always following uh, on, on LinkedIn and getting the, the emails so I can always have relevant information and updated relevation to, to send out the bro. Ain't no thing like me except me. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I, I love that you brought up your uh, your morning routine. I'm a big morning routine guy myself. I feel like it's made a huge difference. How long have you had this morning routine dialed in? Can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, absolutely. So I've had the morning routine dialed in for about four years. I've always been an early riser. I mean, going back to high school, man, I was one of those mm -hmm. like crazy kids. I, I would get up and do my homework at 5 a.m. before <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just function better in the morning. Um, so I've always been a person who's uh, historically gone to the gym in the morning. But as I wanted to take it to the next level, I read a book by Hal Elrod. I'm sure you've heard of it, The Miracle Morning. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so I just took that playbook and I, I applied it to my life. Um, you know, so I get up uh, a quarter to five. Uh, the first thing I do, is I get into um, – I, well, I, I get up and get a glass of water is the first thing I do. But then I, get, I go right back into a meditation. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and gratitude practice. And then I go into doing a uh, breath work. I, I use Wim Hof's app yep. and, and do five minutes of breath work. And then I go into five minutes of affirmations and I do five minutes of a visualization practice. Um, and then I read 10 pages in a book and then I journal about what I just read. And then by that time, it's about a quarter to six. Uh, so I then head off to the gym and I, and I throw in a 45 to 60 minute workout. Nice. And then you get your That's day. That's cool, baby. I mean, you know how it is. <laughs> and then you yeah. get your day started from there and you've already accomplished more by 6 a.m. than a lot of people do throughout their entire day. Yeah, 100%. So yeah. here's the big question. You started this four years ago. How has your life changed in those four years? So that's the crazy part, man. Like I was always a top producer uh, as an as an agent. I was a top producing manager. You know, the last even going back to college, I I, I was a top producer in sales. Uh, I worked for San Diego. Oh, nice! In, in in college, yeah, I ran the Fashion Valley store and the one in North County Fair. Huh, um, cool. Yeah, and, and so you know, I won sales awards there. Then I did an enterprise, um, but like I was good when I was a, a a broker, and I was you know I was like top 10 when I got promoted out of 800, but I still wasn't pushing the envelope. I was just relying on natural born skill. And so four years ago, it was right about the time I started where I'm at here at this carrier. When I went all in on myself, dude, the, the, it was crazy. I mean, yeah, I finished number six in the country as a rookie, then started my second year, number one in the country. And I was making great money in California, but I've more than doubled my, <laughs> I've more than doubled my income. Uh, wow. Since then. So, I was going to say, it's, it's not necessarily, uh, I, I was thinking that your money just went further. 
you know, being in uh, Atlanta or or Texas or wherever else, but you actually doubled your income in those four I, years. It doubled my income and I, I, I cut my expenses. So yeah, it's been worked out well. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. And here I got no state income tax, man. So <laughs> it's the best. Uh, Jose is asking, what was the name of that book again? Uh, the Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Definitely a great book. And yes, I have read that one. Uh, Life changer for me as well. Uh, I'm up uh, pretty much the same time as you, 440. Uh, My my, uh, listening robot over there uh, turns on my lights automatically at 444. So it makes sure that I actually get get out of bed. I picked that up from a, a, a previous guest. Uh, so 4.44, light comes on and I'm out of bed too. And it has really made all the difference in the world. Huge, huge difference. So um, what, where was I going with that? Um, marketing tips. That's where I wanted to go. Marketing mm-hmm. tips for uh, those brokers that you are working with. One of the, um, one of the, struggles that I find, especially like with PNC agents is doing the cross sell to group health, um, finding customers, you know, if, if I'm a personal lines agent, for example, I don't necessarily have access to a lot of, uh, businesses that would need the group health. So where do I go? How do I find people and what do I tell them to make sure that they are open and listening to this opportunity? So, I mean, we're talking about PNC and cross-selling the group? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think a lot of the brokers, from my experience, they don't want to cross-sell because the PNC, like once you get them on the books, I mean, you're just, I mean, you just hand them over the renewal and they mostly just sign it. Like there's not a, it's a different, it's not as volatile, I think, as, as groups, especially with the way that the ACA market is ran. You know, the premiums have just done this, this and this because uh, ACA basically took out what insurance does, which is risk analysis. You know, so the mm-hmm. guaranteed issue product, um, you, you, you can't underwrite. Right. So it's like you, you have no choice but to raise premiums because you don't know what risk you're taking on. Um, so because it's a much more of a volatile market in group health, I find that a lot of PNC guys just don't want to risk converting them over into group health and then the group health going sideways. Mm-hmm. And then losing the whole, the, the PNC business as well. So I think that's, you have to get over that fear and, and, and just be comfortable in that realm. And that's just, you know, working with great carrier partners, great reps who really know the industry, or one of the things I've seen that's worked really well is tag teaming with another broker who does group health. That's all they do. Nice. And, you, yeah. and you can refer your clients over to them and split commission and then vice versa. Cause a lot of group health guys don't do PNC, but a lot of these guys, they don't always talk. Yep. And, and so they do themselves a disservice, you know, so it's just joining a great networking group, getting out, meeting brokers. It's amazing to me. And I, and it could be the demographics of, especially with uh, the group health market, you know, the average age of a broker is about 58. They don't use LinkedIn the way that they should and to get on there and network with people within their community and build a tribe of other brokers around them or start Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups, like what you guys are doing with your podcast, right? You're able to then network and maybe your specialty is personal lines, but you can network with three other guys. They don't do that. They can refer you business and you can refer them business. So I think there's a, there's a ton of missing gaps there with the people just not uh, looking at, not, they don't want to cannibalize their own business, how they can refer it out and, and have that uh, mutual beneficial relationship. 
So you're so, telling me there's a chance. <laughs> exactly. What I'm hearing you say then is your biggest marketing tip is go out and network. You don't yeah. have to be the expert in all things. Go out there and find the experts that can help you build your business. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, you've got, you know, brokers who will specialize in, in Medicare subs, right? Or just doing individual plans or doing short-term medical. I mean, that's all they'll do. That's all they'll do. And so it's just, it's having a referral base of people. So even for like me, I have an Excel spreadsheet of brokers I run into that don't do group, but they just do individual or they just do ancillary, you know, or they just do Medicare. And so when I have uh, brokers that are looking for those guys because they don't do it, then I can refer them over to people who just specialize in that. So if you had your own database of brokers that you network with that specialize in that, then you're all helping each other win and get more business. A lot of potential for aggressive expansion. <laughs> That's perfect. Now, one thing that I did notice about you that uh, you do really well is uh, you've got a great social media and internet presence. Is that something you think that we brokers all need to have? And what are some tips that you would give to, you know, make sure that our social media and our internet presence is where it should be? Yeah, I mean, uh, def definitely. In this day and age, if you're not building a personal brand, it's hard for people to get to know you, right? 74% of people research people before they buy from them. So if you can't be found on the internet, it's hard to establish trust and credibility. But you find me on LinkedIn or you find me on Instagram, it's very clear what I'm about and, mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm very credible. So yeah. it, it reduces those hurdles of having to me to have to build that extra rapport, having to make those extra five phone calls, have to set up that extra meeting because I've already established that with what I've been able to do online. Now, you don't want maybe want to be omnipresent like me. I'm kind of a masochist when it comes to uh, being everywhere all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, I mean, pick pick a channel if that's LinkedIn, if it's Instagram, if it's Facebook, whatever you feel comfortable and master that and make your community around that one platform that you enjoy and that you can be yourself on. Just smile so, and wave, boys. Smile and wave. So it's not about being everywhere at once. It's not about having the perfectly uh, curated Instagram and tweeting every day and having a Facebook following and, and a group that's, you know, a significant size and having, you know, 10,000 or a hundred thousand subscribers on, on YouTube. It's not ab about having all of those things. Having all of those things is great. Yeah. But if we can master just one, that's good enough. Yeah. A hundred percent, you know, find out wh where are the people that you want to do business with? Where are they? Mm -hmm. Go, go there and then master that. Well, for me, like, you know, uh, my with my uh, podcast and YouTube channel, my demographics are 80 percent male and 25 to 40. So they're going to be they're They're going to be hanging out on Instagram. Yeah, they're not going to mm -hmm. be on tick. They're not going to be on TikTok. Right. Right. I, I'm not, I've got TikTok because uh, I like dancing. I like singing. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, that's not where I'm spending my time to find people to work with. You know, I'm going to be on Instagram and I'll be on LinkedIn are going to be my two focuses. Um where I spend the predominant most of my time where I'm going to show up. So it's just assessing where the people are that you want to do business with, where they're going to be, and then be there, be present, have a voice and, and be a thought leader. Perfect. So on that note, where can people find you and what's the best way 
for them to reach out to you if they want to do business with you, if they want some sales coaching, if they want to listen to your podcast, any of that stuff. Yeah, cool, man. I appreciate that. Uh, right there, you can see the handle, uh, just Tizer Evans on Instagram. It's probably where I'm most active. Um, LinkedIn's Tizer Evans. You can pretty much find me at Tizer Evans, uh, any any social media platform, but I'm definitely most active on on uh, LinkedIn and uh, Instagram. And then yeah, you can hit up my website, just TizerEvans.com and listen to the podcast or hit me up there as well. Perfect. And uh, before we we sign off, can you tell me a little bit about your podcast? What are you talking about there? What are you... Uh... Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about the podcast. Pitch sure. <laughs> yeah. So the podcast is Grind, Sell, Elevate. And, you know, it was, it was two years ago, two and a half years ago when I started it. And kind of the, the, the thought premise was behind it was there's a lot of salespeople in the world. Uh, 95% are order takers. 95% don't know what they're doing. And it can be one of the most rewarding things uh, or most rewarding careers you can ever have. Mm, and, and so- and so I just really wanted to help people. You know, I wanted to take them how my first year out of college, I made $34,000 and I wanted to take them how and teach people how I 10 X my income. Um, and so that was just really the, the thought process behind it. And so I just got on there. The first hundred episodes is me just riffing and giving sales tips, doing book reviews, uh, giving motivational stuff, talking about my morning routine, anything that would help people become not only a better salesperson, but how to optimize their life uh, through through sales and just life tips in general. And now I do a lot of uh, interviews like you guys do, where I bring on uh, sales professionals or uh, marketing people, any way to help entrepreneurs and salespeople elevate their game. We're not just doing this for money. We're doing it for a shitload of money. <laughs> yeah. There it is. There it is. All right. One last question for you. Uh, what are the most impactful things that have influenced you? I'm talking your top uh, mentors, books, or podcasts that have gotten you, helped you get to where you are today. Hmm. Great question. Um, I would, three people come to mind. Uh, one, my mom. My mom had me at 19, and she had this dream of becoming an RN. And uh, three boys, uh, worked full time, uh, was in recovery, and was also a sponsor. Didn't get a chance to go back to college until I graduated high school at 38. And she went back and, and, and became an RN. And not only did she become an RN, she went and got her BS, and then she got her master's, and then she became a nurse practitioner. So I have so much respect for my mom watching her just do night school for a decade before she got into the nursing program. So it taught a lot, me a lot about resilience and uh, having a mission and having a plan to stick through and see your mission through. So she's a great role model. Uh, my father, guy up like us every day at 445, he didn't give a shit if he was sick, half dead, ripped Achilles. It didn't matter. That dude just showed up and he provided for his family. Um, no questions asked. Uh, he, you know, he'd worked 14 hours and then drive two hours to go watch me play basketball. So, you know, he wow. was always just a, a role model as a father and having a super tenacious work ethic. Uh, you know, people ask me when I first started here, like, how are you rookie of the year in top 10? I didn't take a day off for 13 months when I started, started here. You know, I just, I just, I was like, I'm mean, raised with savages. What do you want? I am not sheep, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then the, and the last person, uh, someone I've never met, but has been a huge mentor for me from afar is Grant Cardone. Um, you know, I, I love everything that guy does, spits out. Um, I'm an investor in Cardone Capital. Uh, my team does Cardone University in the morning. I've been to the 10X Growth Cons. 
I've read all of his books. Um, I just love he's from Lake Charles right down the road here. So uh, just it's just great mentor. Just love his mindset and his ability just to be raw and authentic at all times. There's no bullshit. Hell yeah. Love it. All right. Well, thank you again so much for coming on the show, for giving us all of this value. Lots to uh, take away. Again, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to uh, connect, it's at Tizer Evans on Instagram or TizerEvans.com. Um, thanks again, man. Yeah, really thanks, James. It. Yeah, thank you. All right, for everybody else, <clears throat> excuse me, everybody else listening, uh, thanks as always for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show if you got any value from uh, what we're doing today. Uh, if you want to be a guest on the show, go to www.insurancebrowshow.com slash guest and uh, sign up. Would love to have you on and learn from you as well. That's all we got for y'all. Thanks again for tuning in. You rock my socks. You, you have my heart and you. Have a nice day. Thank you for tuning in to the Insurance Pro Show. James is the CEO of the Pipeline Team of San Diego and is always in the market for top talent. If you're an agent looking for a place to hang your license, visit www.pipelineinsurance.com backslash agent opportunities or send an email to newagent at pipelineinsurance.com. Look for James on all social media at